Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello, Simon. Hello, Jackie. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, thanks. I've been watching quite a bit of TV um, over the last week or so, and in particular, the TV documentary called Monaco. Oh, right. I don't know Life anything. in Monaco, it's something like that. It's very good. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, um, it's great. You know, the principality of Monaco, mm-hmm. it's explaining that you have to live there to get jobs there and get, you know, preferential treatment because it's only tiny. They actually mentioned Manchester on the last show, saying that Monaco's about a tenth of the size of Manchester, something like that. I can't remember the figures. Yeah, it's very good. You know, the prince is there and nothing happens without his uh, say-so. And the Grand Prix, of course, and a lot of rock stars have lived there. Oh, t- is it a tax haven? I think so, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, but I did go and visit Monaco for the first time, I think a couple of years ago, with a lovely Lulu. We went for a weekend. And it is nice, it is dead clean. Was it expensive? Well, we were staying down the road in France in a hotel. Oh, okay. so, oh so you just did a bit of a day visit? Not, not in the Hotel de Paris. <laughs> yeah, a sort of a day thing. But we had a walk around, all those beautiful yachts, you know, what a fantastic sight, all lined up there. But we got this little ferry anyway, the municipal ferry. To go over, you know, across the bay and uh, got on and Lulu, and it's very unlike her. She'd be great tour manager, Lou. She's very organised, things like this, tickets and, you know, emails and all the rest of it. <laughs> Just leave her to it, she's great. She'd forgot for the first time, well, lost the passport and, and we just set off on this blooming little ferry. So we had to worrying like mad over to the other, you know, wherever it went <laughs> and back again. <laughs> Well, we couldn't find it, so we retraced our steps. So we've, we've been in the um, uh, Monte Carlo Casino for a couple of hours to have a look what it was like. I'm not a big gambler. Did you the, Did you actually play the tables? Yeah, well, roulette, yeah. And did you win anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> and let that be a lesson, we, we kids. We lost about 100 quid. Honestly. Yeah, you know, but she knows how to do it, uh, Lulu. What, lose, lose 100 quid? <laughs> Well, she lost her passport. But it turned out we'd left them there. We'd gone in and said, oh, God, we've lost our passports. We found two passports, you know, and a wallet, credit cards, everything. <gasps> and luckily, we had left it there. And the head of the police, there's lots full of police in there. They're all dead tall. There's cameras everywhere. <laughs> he came up and said, I've got them here. He said, you're very lucky, you know. You lost it here. <laughs> it was such a relief. Lulu said, oh, I'll buy you a packet of biscuits from <laughs> the gift shop. But, uh, yeah, so we brought back memories of my trip there, this TV series. Worth watching. Have you ever seen the repair shop, yes or no? I've seen bits of it, yeah. I'm not very I'm very good at handiwork. No, but isn't it the greatest show? Yeah, it's all right, yeah. <laughs> Does it not make you cry? <laughs> oh, because they get delighted when they uh, yes. rescue an old piece of junk. Oh, honestly... <laughs> They're not getting you to write a review. (laughs) We're up to week nine, so that must be the letter I. I think you're right. 
Well, my first eye is um, Ibex, which was Ian's nickname at school. My nickname was Jolly, and uh, Ian's mum still calls me Jolly. What was Jolly well, short for? I'm Wollstonecroft, so it went to Woolly, and for some reason it went to Jolly. <laughs> Ibex, it's, well, his initials, IB, so somehow it morphed into Ibex. But me and Ibex, we used to go to... Jolly and Ibex out together... Yeah, altering a mice rink. <laughs> yeah, before it moved to where it is now. Um, I did go to the new one, but the, the ice wasn't even frozen properly. It got soaked you know, every time you fell over. That's hilarious. <laughs> but we did get on the ice, and those uh, scuzzy, horrible boots, yes. like they were made in the 50s. <laughs> is this the 70s? Yeah, it was when um, Dave Bowers' Sound and Vision, Blue, Blue, Electric, Blue. I love that song, one of my favourite Bowie tracks. Yeah. Sounds great, you know, the drums on that. And, and is that what they were playing in the ice rink? As, yeah, one of them, yeah. They used to have a speed skating bit at the end of the night where all the show-offs would get on and go around as fast as they could. Oh, did everybody else have to get off the ice? Yeah, if you were Just rubbish, them... like me and Ibex. <laughs> so you and Ibex, I can't believe that was his nickname. Yeah. Do you call him that? Because some people get stuck with their nickname from school, I don't, don't they? I don't remember him calling that. It would always be Ian. Yeah, no. And it's much, now, you know. Much more sensible. So you'd get on the ice, so you, I presume you're both trying to impress the ladies. Was that the yeah, idea? Yeah, that wasn't going to happen because we weren't good enough. But, we, yeah, there was lots of girls there, and that's yeah. why we went. And the music. Of course, yeah. So a, a bit, bit, bit of a... music. So you'd get on the ice, and could either of you actually ice skate? We could get from one side to the other and very slowly make your way around the circumference of the rink. Did you have to hold on to the side? Uh, at first, yeah. Yeah. And then they got you couldn't the... do any trick moves or Oh, anything. God, no. Neither of us. But uh, they, they got rid of these scuzzy boots, eventually got these blue ones that just absolutely made your uh, ankles uh, throb with pain <laughs> after the edge of the session. <laughs> blue plastic ones, you know. Like a plaster cast almost on your foot. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, I think, I don't know whether ice hockey players have skates like that, you know, boots, skates. Right. It was, you know, it was a violent time in the 70s and we'd get gangs from Withenshaw trying to nick all the girls. And we all used to hang out at the back of uh, the bandstand where the DJ was. Uh, before he went, OK, it's a speed skating time. <laughs> and everybody get dead excited. But no, I didn't go on that. I'd just be watching them, you know. The show-off ones would spray the ice, yes. break all over somebody they didn't like the look of, <laughs> you know, from Alt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went there every Friday, I think it was, uh, as a regular thing for quite a while. Yeah, it was a, one of the only places to go, wasn't it? A youth, unless you had a youth club. Well, there was the picture house where... There's another story for you. Altrincham had its own picture house, but uh, Hale Village, next to where Alter Grammar is, there was a picture house there. It's gone now, years ago. But it's where they filmed Rent-A-Ghost. Now, are you old enough to I remember? I remember Rent-A-Ghost. I didn't think it was brilliant, but it was. I did watch it. There was something quirky about it. Yeah, I can't remember who was in it, can you? No. Um, I remember the ghost was. Mr Claypole. There was a Claypole Yeah, in that it. rings a bell. Yes. Who was he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was the pictures. Got thrown out of that pale picture house for throwing ice lollies up onto the ceiling, making them stick. <laughs> and I went to see The Exorcist there before I was supposed to. You know, we all did uh, the film, going back to the horror films and all that. That was one of them. 
you know, that and uh, Carrie, the original. Yes, you know, I remember seeing Carrie, Sissy Spacek. The Omen, you know. No, I hated all those films. Did you? Were, I thought yeah. they were terrible. Right, well... Because they stop their own, you know. Yeah, but I always think life's scary enough. Don't then give me more things to worry about. <laughs> you don't know anybody like a, <laughs> Damien <laughs> the if, if so, don't introduce him to it. No, exactly. <laughs> so back to the ice rink. You were there Friday night. It was a good place to listen to music. Yeah, it was. Good. It was like it was like a disco. You didn't have to be eighteen, you know, to get in. I think there was a bar there, but me and Ian didn't bother. I don't drink. think they would have served. I'm junk. sure there was a bar. Was there? In them days, you could have a cig and everything. <laughs> you know, anywhere like that, even in the pictures. It was the only ice rink in this area, wasn't it? It seemed to be. I don't know if there were any others, but Altrincham was the one everybody yeah, went to. There would have been one in North Manchester. Uh, had some great times in there. I really did. The next I is the band in Spiral Carpets. Clint Boone, a lovely, lovely, lovely fella. I do, I love him to death, Clint. Went to his 60th recently. He had an Elvis impersonator on. He was in that Mackie Mars. Uh, great night. He always plays, you know, if you ask him to put a song on his radio show, he has done, you know, many a time for me. You know, just like Guy Garvey did uh, with that Neo Soul band. I've known him a long time, Clint. He helped my daughter get a job at the BBC. Emily, she went for a job as an apprentice on BBC Radio Manchester. So Emily and I wrote a little poem together about being an assistant on a radio show, you know, that we cobbled together between us. And then Clint offered to record it over the road. I think you worked at there, at the, in that gold building. Yes, I did, yeah. And uh, he did a real pro- proper professional job. And we put the music of air, Kelly watched the stars behind it. And she got the job and they said, we've had hundreds and hundreds of applications. You're the best. Yours is the best. Clint, God bless him. And she got the job and she's, she's in London now, Emily. Now, the Inspiral Carpets, I did like Saturn V. Tunes like that, great tune. Yeah. Uh, they shot it in the Space Garden in Houston, I think. You know, the old rockets. Oh, OK. I'm sure they did. That's a good worth a visit if you're ever in uh, Texas. <laughs> Go and see that. Uh, <laughs> Suddenly, Mark uh, Smith got asked as a guest on the I Want You. It was a single by the Inspiral Carpets doing Top of the Pops. Uh, he must have sang on the record. Me and Steve and Greg were like, blooming out, you know. So I write him going off, you know, doing Top of the Pops. Moonlighting. Yes, exactly. And I did get to play on Top of the Pops. I'll tell you about that another time. But on the way home, I think. Gilly, God rest his soul, Marky Smith on the tour bus poured some water over his head. You know, like he did with me, Mark did that with me. When I played, when I first joined the band and nearly quit at Leeds University, I think. And while I was drumming, basically they had a bit of a fight, you know, Gilly and Mark on the bus on the way home to Manchester. Gilly waited till he was asleep in one of the bunks and before they got to Manchester poured a load of water over his face <laughs> and it kicked off apparently in Spiral Carpets great little group I've seen him a load of times you know in festivals or whatever that's where I first met Noel Gallagher at uh, their office because oh, he was their roadie wasn't he? he was in, uh, in New Mount Street in Ancoats uh, 
the fall had an office there at Newmount Street, 23 Newmount Street. Yeah, I'd seen Noel, and he was always a cheeky chappy. Always, he was always ogling the receptionist. <laughs> you know, it was just like a shared business thing. Yeah, the Inspirals were great. Great live band. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Great drummer Gilly was as well. <laughs> My next eye is going to be the band Eye Monster. A Sheffield band. <laughs> great band. Were you a member of this band? I tour in, I went on a tour of France with them. Okay, what year's this? Now then, it was after I finished with Ian, so it must have been about 2002, 2001, 2002, I think. I Monster had a, a very, well, a big hit called Daydream in Blue, originally written by the Wallace Collection in 1969. Right, OK. It was a substantial hit, you know, on Radio 1. And I remember uh, listening to it, you know, driving a taxi around when I was working for any time. And it come on the radio and I thought, wow, this is great. Basically, they were doing a tour. It's quite a sophisticated sound, Eye Monster. Dean, the singer, Dean Honer, he's a songwriter, producer. He'd had a hit with uh, Walk Like a Panther, by All Seeing, uh, Tony Christie doing guest vocals on it, did very well. Very clever guy, Dean. I got introduced to him through Adrian Flanagan, who was originally from Salford. He's an artist in his own right. He had a band called Kings Have Long Arms. Now he's got a thing called Moon Landings with a Z. Very popular, these sets. <laughs> and he's worked with uh, Maxine Pete, the actress... But he did a little stint, basically, with a fall in the late 90s. We're playing to half-full civic centres. Tragic it was, you know, Mark was drinking more and more and more. He played guitar, basically. He used to go out with Mark's, one of his sisters, Caroline, I think. And that's how I met Dean, because he moved to Sheffield, lock, stock and barrel, Adrian, after that. And he taught me a little bit how to use Cubase, and we did a song with uh, Rowetta. We recorded that down in London, I think. The second album would come out, Never Had or Even. Leading track of it was called Hey Misses. I was asked to do a, a tour of France, so we used to go re- rehearsing in Sheffield every, every day. Drive back, lovely it was, you know, lovely time of year. Driving through that Snake Pass, you know, twice a day. It's great. And we went to France, we did a full French tour in about 20 dates. Yeah, we had a minibus for that. Flew down to Marseille, I think, and kicked off the tour there. But very sophisticated sound. You can see why the French liked it. So they were popular in France? Yeah, they were. Yeah, in fact, they had a French girl, I can't remember her name now, lovely girl, singer, and a, a boyfriend, he was French. But uh, they taught me all about cuisine, she did. You know, in the restaurants when we, before we went and played where, wherever we were going. I had a nice time in Bordeaux. It lasted about a month. And Radio 2 picked them up by now. They were on the B playlist with Hey Misses. Great little song. You know, if you look into their back catalogue, great stuff. Miles, years ahead. Well, it, it wasn't a hit, basically. Who knows why, you know. You just don't know. If everybody knew, everybody would have... You know, number ones, wouldn't they? Correct. So um, that was the end of that, basically. 
So what happened when you finished the tour? You came back and... Came back. It wasn't the hit that we were expecting it to be, you know, back in England. The gigs weren't that full either. You know, it was a substantial tour. I'm not sure I'd probably moved on to somebody else by then. But, yeah, that's Adrian Flanagan. He introduced me to that, and I'm glad he did. I've met some great people, you know, along the way. My next eye is my good mate, Inda Goldfinger, who I met through working in the Ian Brown Band from Leeds, lovely fella. You always feel really, really relaxed when you're with Inda. And when I was working with Ian, he'd be my mate, you know. We'd hang out in each other's rooms. Once we were at the uh, plush Halcyon Hotel in Holland Park and we used to watch uh, Ready Steady Cup with Ainsley Harriet. That was always a laugh, you know, before a show or when we were getting picked up to go to a TV thing or whatever. You know, you'd have us in stitches with Ainsley. He's all right, Ainsley, I think, yes, as a presenter. Is. Percy Pepper and Sally Salt and all right. that. <laughs> well, one time we were in, having breakfast, Inder and I, and the band smoking by now, as I remember it. And David Frost was in there on his own. And <laughs> David Frost did whatever he wanted, and he had a huge cigar. Mm. <laughs> it, it stank the place out. There's only a few people left. It was quite late on this. We used to go up for breakfast at 10, usually, Inder and I. He helped me out when I joined the band, Inder. And, uh, just sorry, just go back to David Frost one minute. Did anybody tell him to put his cigar out? No, nobody told him to put his cigar out at all. You know, it was a big fish, you know. <laughs> they got there. It was a regular, I think. I think he'd probably stay there. I all know, the time. but still, there's rules. <laughs> and there was only, you know, me and Inder and maybe another couple of people. And so. you're not going to complain? No, 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 we thought it was great. And we were, I, uh, hello, <laughs> he said. <laughs> well, we're having our scramble legs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I toured America with, you know, Inder. It always makes you really, really calm. It's Sikh, and, and he used to. He showed me how to wind his turban up, which was fascinating. We used to have to do it in the hotel corridor outside the room because it was so long. Wow. He had a white one mostly. And he did tell me, you know, what each colour meant. And, and sometimes he had a lime green one. Yeah, and uh, always invited me to the family functions. And Ian, I uh, went to Raj, his uh, son, who's a rapper in his own right now. Uh, very good he is. His daughter's wedding... Went to that, which was next to uh, Ellen Road, where I've had a few memories before that. Yeah, what a lovely fella. Great percussionist. He learned off the masters, you know, tabla players. I've been to another wedding where they were, all the masters were there, and he was yeah, Inders joining in, you know, at the reception. The food, unbelievable. Just so much of it, so colourful, so tasty. So, yeah, I consider him a good friend, Inder. In fact, I need to get in touch with him about doing a session over here for me. Oh, well, we'll, we'll tell him on this. <laughs> Inda, get in touch. Yeah, tag him in. <laughs> Inda was in Transglobal Underground, and I came across him with Transglobal at the Shine On Festival last winter, our first gig, San Pedro Collective. He was on the same venue just after us. It was great to see him again. I wish I'd spent more time with him, but I'd ended up in this having a party with Deja Vega, young band who were on as well. It's good, that shine on thing. You know. It's always got a good line-up. Yeah, but the, the equipment and the venues and they look after you, the food's great. 
<laughs> that the, that's the important bit. Well, it helps, you know. I bet it does. They do make you welcome. Yeah. All the technically, it's all brilliant. Equipment sounds brilliant. Yeah, that was last November, I think. I'd do it again, definitely. I spent a couple of hours with him anyway that night. and I, I need to get in touch with him definitely again. So that's in the Goldfinger. Next eye is the Islington Mill, which is um, an old mill in Islington, in Manchester's Islington, which is Salford. And a lot of artists, bands and what have you, work out of their potters. I first went there with big unit when I was rehearsing. We used to rehearse in there. So it's a rehearsal space, but it's also a venue, isn't it? It is a venue. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I have seen bands there, but although I've never played it myself. But they've got a good scene going on there. I've shot videos, I can't remember who with. Yeah, it looks uh, good. There. The building looks great. But uh, Stella Grundy, who, from Interstellar, she invited me to a housewarming party in Todmorden, up north Lancashire way. And she said, oh, guess who's on at the Golden Lion tonight? Adrian Sherwood, who produced The Fall. He did Arms Control Poser, British People in Hot Weather, in the townhouse in London, great Adrian. So I said, oh, really? Yeah. So... I stayed at the housewarming for a bit, nice to see everybody, and went down to the Golden Lion and said, um, I'm, I'm a mate of um, Adrian Sherwood from On You Sound, and he worked with us, uh, members of uh, Sugar Hill Gang. You know, wow. we had working for him. Yeah, yeah, he's quite well known. And, you know, I worked with him uh, early 90s, maybe 1990 or something. Good producer too. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> I don't think the owners of the, the pub thought I was trying it on to get in for nothing. But they must have, he must have turned up, mentioned me to him, and it was all sorted and he came in and it was great to see him. And he was staying in one of the rooms above. But that was a, a great great little gig he did there. He does it a lot. And was he just on his own? Yeah. He has, like, electronic pads that he plays along to all this dub stuff. But the people who provide the sound system at that place... Richard, it was one of them. There's a cooperative that work out of there called Dub Smugglers. Ah. They were DJs, sound experts, really. They make the cabinets very custom-made, you know, of wood, to have sound systems. And they're really, really good, because I've seen them performing at the skate park in Salford, indoor skate park. I went to see them. But anyway, I got chatting with these a couple of these Dub Smugglers while we're having a drink and that, and said, oh, Simon, you know, how do you fancy doing a bit of drumming with dub smugglers? So I says, yeah, brilliant, bring it on, because I like a bit of dub. You know, that Sly and Robbie and all that. But these guys, they really do know the bass frequencies and stuff. They really do. Very clever. One of them went to Alty Grammar, it turned out. I went down and recorded. They've got a studio in there, in Islington Mill, as well as a uh, woodworking studio downstairs we've got these beautiful beautiful shaped speakers as we get the maximum bass out of them they're a bit slow workers because we're only doing it about once every blue moon (laughs) (laughs) but we recorded a couple of great tracks with them and i do hope they see the light of day one of the lads wives was going to sing on it last time we heard oh so it's not produced yet it's not finished no but i've done drums on a couple of tracks right it just sounded amazing oh just leaps out of the speakers 
but uh, I didn't so know. They were quite popular, actually, you know, Manchester. You know, we asked the kid, young kids about dub smugglers. Oh, yeah, they say, you know. But then the lockdown came. Right. And that was the end of that. Oh, so hopefully towards the end of this year we might yeah. hear something. Yeah, right. although the rehearsal rooms and studios are open as we speak. Yeah. So hopefully it'll come around again and we'll move on, perhaps do a gig. But, um, yeah, that's the Islington Mel for you. It's I Am DDB, which is uh, the stage name of Diane De Brito, a grime star, you know, by all accounts, in mm-hmm. Manchester. She was involved in a group um, as a backing singer that I had called the G.O.D. with Chris Pritchett, who played in dub sex. And uh, we, got, we wanted a couple of backing singers, so we went... We were advertised, a contact of mine put us in touch. They recommended them. Anyway, we met him in Charlton, an electric, came in, and we, basically we got offered a gig at Wembley Stadium supporting the Stone Roses when they uh, reformed. Wow. So, of course, they were interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had three girls at one point, Ellen as well, she's very good. We did a couple of gigs before. We used to rehearse in the Islington Mill again. I saw I saw you play with G.O.D. Where? At the Deaf Institute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, was that, great. Was that Dave Bowie night or something? No, it was um, Elliot Eastwick did a, a charity night. Oh, OK. And, and you played at that. Right, well, she... And Badly Drawn Boy were out and, and there was quite a few people on. Yeah, it was a good night. It that. was a great night, but you were really good. Melanie Williams from Sub Sub was on that night That's as well. right, she was. I've been doing bits and bobs, you know. And she's great. And uh, is Joe Roberts still? Yeah, they're still together, yeah. Because he, when he played the Hacienda, I don't know if he went to that. No, night. what year would that have been? Oh, it, was, it must have been late 80s, early 90s. He I did have what? a couple of commercially successful... Yeah, he did. I can't name them offhand, but... We did the number six, but I think... She, number six festival in Port Marion, but I think she'd left by then. My dying image of IMDDB is of, of Dust Bowl that's, that was the Liverpool Festival you know, on the docks there. Uh, I just remember seeing if I've got a photo of <laughs> She just looks so miserable. And when it came to the Wembley gig anyway, she bottled out. and well, didn't bottle out, she got a, an offer she couldn't refuse off these producers the night before the gig, and she pulled out. But by that time, we got a replacement, Ellen and, and Laura, and the gig went ahead. She did this tour, you know, she did really well, packed houses. And again, a lot of girl, you know, kids, they, they, they've heard of IMDDB. You know, Manchester Base. Mm-hmm. She was on the, uh, we were looking through Vogue magazine once, one of Lou's Vogue's when we were on holiday. And she was in there, you know, a picture of her. And so, uh, yeah, IMDDB. She did sing on a couple of tracks by the G.O.D. The first one being Goodbye, the song... Uh, which we opened the Wembley set up with, actually. <laughs> the first song, bit of a twist there. Chris came up with. <laughs> And the other one, Mad, Bad and Dangerous to Know. Um, and we did that at Simon Dink studio, just off Trinity Way, where I'm going to do this session with Sam Pedro, uh, phone Inder up about, ask him if he's available. It's all nicely tying together. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I am DDB. Next eye is the infotainment scan. No idea what it meant because Mark came up with all the LP titles. 
but subsequently people started using the word infotainment quite a lot, you know, in the press. Um, it was the album, uh, the uh, phonogram records wouldn't renew the contract, and we brought Code Selfish out, I think, and then Infotainment Scam came out in 92 or 93. Some good stuff on that, including one of my favourite songs, Lost in Music by Sister Sledge, which was just amazing, really. But Mark wasn't a uh, funk and rap. You know, he said rap was very clever. It was, you know, poetry, which it could be, you know. And he bought me a couple of LPs, you know, CDs when we were on tour, rap bands and the like. But I was so chuffed that he'd chosen this song to do. It's not a bad version, you know. We'll have to put that on the soundtrack. I think we should, you Yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. I remember playing Lost in Music live, you know, in New York, and I thought, wow, this is just great. <laughs> There's a couple of other things. Idiot Joy Showland was another track off it, which was um, Mark sort of slagging off all the Manchester people. You know, don't forget Mark's from Salford, not Manchester. Do your own work, he used to say <laughs> to all the journalists who tried to rope him in with it. Um, that, that was a good track. But yeah, we did a big tour around the infotainment scan. I think we were, it was released on Atlantic Records in America. So, it, you know, it was quite luxurious, a uh, big tour. And uh, Did you write any of those ones? or? I think I did. I can't remember which ones. Or... No. I'm not sure. It's free range on that one. And I there wrote was that. a nice writing process. Uh, but, well, the whole thing around the album was a nice process. Yeah, because Dave Bush had joined by now. He was getting all the programming stuff in round at his house near the pyramid in Stockport. He lived just right near it, he did. And me and Stephen Craig would go round, come up with these tunes. Service, that's a tune that you never hear by fall. Very nice. I think that's on Infotainment Scan. I think Craig wrote that one. But, yeah, it changed the dynamic of the group, you know, from, they, from the previous Code Selfish, in a good way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we, did, we did quite well. But after that one, Infotainment Scam, the trajectory of the band kind of, you know, went down slow at first and then took a dive towards the end, for me anyway, by 1997. So what was the most popular Fall album then? I think uh, Extricate was very popular, 1990. We're still with a the major then, you know, did a world tour with it. That's when we had Martin Brahma in the in the band. He came back in the band, Martin. And uh, he was a nice lad, but he kind of hooked, hooked up with Marsha. And Mark, got up, I think he got a bit jealous, even though he's married to Briggs. <laughs> Martin and I, we had a nice time. We went uh, to Brazil, you know, for the festival and did a gig in this, like, uh, Tucano festival, it was called, you know, Toucan, the bird. Mm. Like a ball, outdoor ballroom. Uh, very nice, but um, again, we're all walking around, you know, in black, black shirts, staying on the Copacabana in the Meridian Hotel, you know, gorgeous. Some weird-looking, you know, islands out there. Christ the Redeemer. The only sort of joke we had, me and Martin, I think we might have shared a room, and then he moved into Marsh's room. That was the beginning of the, the trouble. You know, the writing was on the wall. No, he must have had his own room, because Mark was bit peed off there was a room going to waste <laughs> but we, 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 how we laughed about the Brahma beer that was in the minibar in the room you know Martin and I and one day while I was there I went for a walk around the back of the Meridian 
directly round the back in a sort of service yard, and it's right next to a favela. <laughs> and um, I was walking along, and we'd been we'd only been there about a couple of hours, and a big wad of notes because the inflation was so bad. A six inch thick wad of notes that's worth about a tenner. These young shoe shine lads came out of nowhere, about four of them, only about nine, eight, nine, ten. And they're like, Mister, you know, what to clean your shoes, you know. I said, No, no, you're all right, you know. And they were very persistent, they really were. And while I was walking along, they'd come up behind me and put warm mud on my shoes without me even seeing. Such was the light touch that they all had. <laughs> and they went, Look, look. I said, What? <laughs> and sure enough, I had all this mud caked on them. So they did the shoes for me, my shoes. And I paid, started paying them in this local currency. Basically, they just went, because it was worth nothing. And we want dollars, US dollars. <laughs> but this is right behind the, this big fancy hotel we're in. But uh, yeah, that was with Martin Brown. How do we get there? It's a result. Don't ask me. <laughs> How well did Infotainment Scan do for the fall? It did really well. It was the highest charting album the fall uh, ever released. It got to number nine, you know, in the official charts when there was an official chart. Wow. Um, it had some good stuff on it. It's a curse, I always liked. Um, glam Racket was a good one. You know, proper glam. Um, which I, I love doing them beats. Paranoid Man in Cheat Room. A Pass Gone Mad. I remember playing it Johnny Ma and he said, oh, it's a good chord progression. <laughs> and I said, it's old Dave, because I think he, he, you know, he might have written that one. He was delighted. Great album. I don't know who did the cover, I think it was Pascal Legras, um, the French designer, because normally we'd have uh, Klaus Castignon. Oh, OK. Yeah, normally. Yes. It was very good too. Mm -hmm. One of the later albums that I played on, the record company Forced, the band to have their guy do it, you know, a photo of the band, which Mark hated, but he was forced to do it. And, and the album would, uh, like user syndrome, I think, where there's a sort of silhouette of us, of all the band, you know, in sort of very dark black. Great album, great times. I'm, you know, thankful that I was played on it and toured with it. <laughs> OK, we need a soundtrack for the letter I. What have you got? Well, I've got Eye Monsters, Daydreaming Blue, and then Pacific by 808 State, David Bowie's Sound and Vision. I've got Moby, Porcelain, and then finally The Fall, their cover of Lost in Music. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Mm -hmm.